Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston. I'm the co-host of the program. Charlie's not here because this is a Dumb Bleep Recap episode. That's right. You know it. Every single week, we bring in, I don't know, maybe 10 of the dumbest things that happened that week. And then the people in the live group who joined up via joingml Dot com, they get to vote on what the dumbest thing is. And then at the end of the year, we bring it all together, tournament style, to the side what the dumbest thing said was in the entire year. It is a big deal, and it is always a very popular episode. So what we're going to do in this episode, and many more like it, we are going to play you the time that we spent talking about this on the Dumb Leap episode. And this is going to be broken down. These episodes are going to be broken down by month. Once we decide what the winner per month is, there will not be a winner decided in this recap episode. All of that voting will take place in our private Discord server, which you can get to by going to joingml.com. We will decide what the winner of the month is. Then we will divide those by quarter. The winner of Q1, 2, 3, and 4. We'll go together in the final four to decide what the Dumb Leap of the Year is. Coming up on December 30th, I believe. It'll be next Friday. So enjoy listening to the recap. It's always fun to go back and see how we were talking about specific things almost a year ago. And remember some of the dumb that occurred. Have fun. Here is our fearless second in command, Kamala Harris. Let's hear from her. This is interesting. I didn't know that this was a thing, but apparently it is now. So we'll listen to what she has to say. Now, if you're only listening to the podcast and you're not watching the video, then this is for you right now. I'm, I know I said Kamala Harris, but you have no clue who she is or what she does. And most importantly, you don't know what she's wearing. So let's, let's hear from her. Good afternoon. I want to welcome these leaders 
for coming in to have this very important discussion about some of the most pressing issues of our time. I am Kamala Harris. My pronouns are she and her. I am a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. Okay. <laughs> that's good. Okay, so that's one thing. There were some other videos of other, apparently everyone at the table needed to do this. Let's just check in. Thank you, Ravini, and thank you, Madam Vice President. My, my pronouns are she, her. I'm a white woman with long brown hair. I'm wearing red, a red dress, and I'm wearing a see-through mask so you can see my red lips. So there are videos of every person at the table. Doing, basically, this entire meeting was people saying what their pronouns were and what they were wearing. I don't think they had time for any business or anything. You know what bothers me is she, Kamala Harris said all that stuff. She didn't say that she was black. Uh, or or Asian. That? Yeah, or Asian. I mean, she denied both of her ancestors. I don't think she went far enough. No. Because, I mean, it's the most virtue signaling clip I've ever seen in my life. We've got the mask <laughs> for the COVID virtue, the pronouns for the ligabata, the LGBT. I call it ligabata <laughs> community virtue. We've got the blue suit where she's saying it as her disabled virtue, but she's not doing sign language for the deaf. What are we doing, Kamala? I'm not. I'm, well, I guess that's. Oh, man. What is she going to do? For the deaf. I can't sure this, read her lips. She's this, got a mask on. This video's been cut, but I'm sure the screen next to it is some person doing <laughs> doing this like crazy. I don't know if you noticed that yeah. that's a, oh, yeah. that's like a performative art. Now I'm not making fun of sign language, okay? I'm just saying I didn't know when we got to this point where you had to be Is that better than captions? That's another thing I can't be, right? I, I guess because some people can't read. You got all this government schooling, so you gotta do the sign language thing. Did you say this was the first time you've ever heard of somebody doing this, though? I have not seen any clips of people doing this at a at actual like government official meetings did like you, this. Did no. you see the Microsoft one? It was, it I got did see popular that. a few months ago. That was ridiculous. So when I saw this, I immediately thought of that clip and just really started thinking about how this we'll see these cultural phenomenons that will start with some woke college educated. 26-year-olds in Silicon Valley that will spread quite literally all the way to the highest levels of American government. And if I had to guess, it probably started before Microsoft in Cal Berkeley or some higher institution education level, if you mm -hmm. want to call it that. All right, that's number, what was that? Number four. That was number four. This one's so dumb that, the, that it's actually been removed. But luckily, I was able to find it. The benefits of world hunger from the United Nations. And this was apparently an originally an older article, I believe, and it started making the rounds. A lot of people talking about it. I viewed it three or four days ago, and then I went to grab it today for the episode, and it was gone. 404, page not found on the United Nations website. So it's gone. The benefits of world hunger. Luckily, the Wayback Machine caught it, and you can still find this article. We sometimes talk about hunger in the world as if it were a scourge that all of us want to see abolished, viewing it as, a compar as comparable with the plague or AIDS. But that naive view prevents us from coming to grips with what causes and sustains hunger. Hunger has great positive value to many people. Indeed, it is fundamental to the working of the world's economy. Hungry people are the most productive people, especially where there is a need for manual labor. 
Now, this guy's actually coming from the Marxist worldview, by the way. He's not actually arguing in favor of keeping people hungry. He's talking about the reason why people are hungry, and that's because we need to keep people hungry so they will do these crappy jobs that no one else will do. If it weren't for that, then everyone would have food, magically. We are in developed countries sometimes... We, in developed countries, sometimes see poor people by the roadside holding up signs saying, we'll work for food. Actually, most people work for food. It is mainly because people need food to survive, that they work so hard, either in producing food for themselves or by selling their services to others in exchange for money. How many of us would sell our services if if it were not for the threat of hunger? If it were not for the natural biology and physiology of every animal that exists on the planet. How many of us would do this? More importantly, how many of us would sell our services so cheaply if it were not for the threat of hunger? When we sell our services cheaply, we enrich others. We enrich those people who own the factories, the machines, and the lands. And those people ultimately own the people who work for them. For those who depend on the availability of cheap labor, hunger is the foundation of their wealth. For those who depend on the availability of cheap labor, hunger is the foundation of their wealth. Because if people weren't having the work to make sure they could provide food for themselves, then they would not do these jobs. The conventional thinking is that hunger is caused by low-paying jobs. We need to understand that hunger, at the same time, causes low-paying jobs to be created. You see, it's not that hunger is caused by low-paying jobs. Actually, the hunger itself, that's why we have low-paying jobs. You know, because if you don't work, then you're going to starve. Who would have established massive biofuel production operations in Brazil if they did not know there were thousands of hungry people desperate enough to take the awful jobs they would offer? Who would build any sort of factory if they did not know that people many people would be available to take the jobs at low pay rates. Much of that hunger literature talks about how it's important to assure that people are well-fed so they can be more productive. That is nonsense. No one works harder than hungry people. Yes, people who are well-nourished have greater capacity for productive physical activity, but well-nourished people are far less willing to do that work. You see, if you get too much food, you're not going to do hard work. The non-governmental organization Free the Slaves defines slaves as people who are not allowed to walk away from their jobs. It estimates there are 27 million slaves in the world. However, they do not include people who might be described as slaves to hunger. That is, those who are free to walk away from their jobs but have nothing better to go to. Maybe most people who work are slaves to hunger. For those of us at the high end of the social ladder, ending hunger globally would be a disaster. If there were no hunger in the world, who would plow the fields? Who would harvest our vegetables? Who would clean our toilets? Why are you harvesting vegetables if hunger isn't a problem? We would have to produce our own food and clean our own toilets. There were... (laughs) There's only two more sentences left. No wonder people at the high end are not rushing to solve the hunger problem. For many of us, hunger is not a problem, but an asset. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, that's good. I'm trying to let that soak into my brain, but I'm also trying to make sure it doesn't soak in too deep because I don't want it to get stuck in there. So I'm going to try and think deeply about this, but in a way that I can immediately forget about it. So that's what I want to do. First off, I'll just go first off, solving world hunger. Now, this assumes that there will be enough food grown to sustain every person on the planet. But how is the food grown and distributed to all of those people throughout the planet? That is done by people farming or doing jobs, packing the food or taking care of the food, pick the food, distribute the food, working in different distribution facilities, all of this stuff. There's a lot of places where you can't grow food there. It's got to deal with all that. But you would be able to, first off, if we didn't have hunger, then you wouldn't be able to get anyone to do any of these low-paying jobs that no one else wants to do. And you would definitely be able to solve world hunger, right? It's just that we don't want to do it. But how would you solve world hunger if there weren't all of the people doing all of that work, growing all of the food? The problem is with trying to analyze this article and trying to make sense out of it is that it doesn't make any sense. The guy was clearly high AF as he was writing it. That's the only thing I can come up with. It's like that thing, you know, when people are high, they're like, oh my God, this is mind blowing, man. That's such great. Oh, dude, listen to this, man. It's the greatest thing. This is the greatest freaking peanut butter I've ever had in my entire life. Peanut butter was made by people who were high making stuff for people to eat when they were high, man. That's what this is. And so trying to come up with what the heck this guy is talking about, it's very difficult because it doesn't make any sense. He was high. He got the, had the munchies. <laughs> he was high. That's a great point there. Guy clearly was high, had the munchies, and was writing about hunger because he didn't have any food. And he was like, I'm going to have to go work, I guess. And then he had this just epiphany thing just popped up in his mind. Okay, so hungry people are more productive. We got all that in there. People who work are slaves to hunger. So we have to solve that hunger problem because, by the way, I don't know if you guys know this, you're working because you're a slave to hunger. So we have to solve that hunger problem by using the labor of a bunch of other people that would just magically still do all of those jobs, even though they don't have to worry about hunger either. You know, they don't, right? They don't have to worry about it. So why would they do that job? They don't have to work to sustain themselves, to stay alive, to eat food. So why are they doing that job? There's just no reason for them to do that job anymore. But we're still going to solve hunger by doing that because you can just press a button and then everyone's going to have food. This hunger article, that's a real piece of work. Real piece of work. So you're slaves to hunger. To fix that, you're going to have to enslave a lot of people to create your food because they clearly wouldn't work if they didn't need to work to get food, but they're still going to work to provide food to everyone else, since that's the driving force behind people doing work. Yeah, that's, that's not going to work. <laughs> it's not. This reminds me of, there's a Milton Friedman story that he told, I know because I was editing some Milton Friedman videos the other day. He talks about this guy he was talking to in Poland, and he says that socialism can be, we'll have socialism when every man in Poland has a house and two servants. It's this kind of logic here. Let me, let me play it real quick. 
And so he said as follows to us. He said, you know, he said, I used to believe in socialism. I still do. But socialism is an ideal. We can't have it in the real world, he said, until we're rich enough to be able to afford it. And he said, socialism will be practical when every man in Poland has a house and two servants. And I said to him, including the servants? And he said, yes. I don't know why, but it reminds me of that clip. It'll be practical when every man in Poland has a house and two servants, including the servants? Yes. Okay, the next one is a, <laughs> is a video. And okay, while we're talking about science and women and all this stuff, you've seen it already this week, but let's hear from Senator Josh Hawley. Oh, God. And what I did, I did see this, one. whatever the heck was going on with the person he was talking to, let's have this regretful conversation real fast for Dumbleep number. What number is this, by the way? Five. Five? Or six? Six. This is Dumbleep number six. Hall. Professor Bridges, you said several times, you've used a phrase, I want to make sure I understand what you mean by it. You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. It, would that be women? Many women, cis women, have the capacity for pregnancy. Many cis women do not have the capacity for pregnancy. There are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy, as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. So this isn't really a women's rights issue. It's a, it's, we can it's recognize a that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive, Senator Hawley. Oh, so your view is, is that the core of this, this right then is about what? So I want to recognize that your line of questioning is transphobic, and it opens up trans people to violence by not recognizing that. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? So I'm one, I want to note that one out of five transgender persons have attempted suicide. So I think it's important Because of my line of questioning? Because so we can't talk about it? Because denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist I'm is denying dangerous. that trans people exist by asking Are you? you if you're talking Are you? about women Are you? having pregnancies. Do you believe that, that men can get pregnant? No, I don't think so. <laughs> so you are denying that trans people exist. Thank and that leads to violence. Is this how you run your classroom? Are students allowed to question you? Absolutely. Or are they also treated like this? Where no, no, no. They're, they're told that to they're at opening up people to oh, violence. We have a good time in my class. You should join. Oh, I bet. You might learn a lot. Wow. I, I would learn a lot. I've learned you, a lot I just know. in this exchange. Absolutely. <laughs> now, <laughs> I saw so many videos <laughs> of the first snippet of this. And it was the woke left claiming victory mm -hmm. on how articulate and <laughs> wonderful this woman is getting back at Josh Howley for his, for his mistakes. Now, I, I don't know if we don't have time to play this again, so rewind it if you need to. Pay close attention to the middle of this when she gets caught in a corner. She instantly flips it. Mm -hmm. Instantly flips it to... Do you realize how transphobic you're being right now, basically? Do you realize that you're inciting violence against these folks? Yeah. Violence against them. Suicide. Which is violence against yourself, yeah. I guess. Or but. violence against them, too. Like hate and all, yeah. all that. Yeah. But you notice how when, <laughs> when she got stuck there, she, had, she re resorted right to no... Deflecting. Yeah, deflecting. It was nothing really about answering the question... It was, hey, I want to point out, you know, because she knew that it would take a turn for there. And, and God, this is what manipulators are so good at. If you ever notice when you're having an argument with someone 
and all of a sudden they start like you start Jordan Peterson talks about this a lot when it comes to couples make sure that when you're arguing about something it's that one specific thing because humans are really good at deflecting from that one specific thing you're you're arguing about oh did you put your clothes in the hamper and they'll be like oh well you know you never rub my feet and you're like what does that have to do with the clothes in the hamper right so this is yeah. a very good distraction tool to flip it to make you look like the bad person. And then, of course, it, it gets you flustered. Well, wait, what are you talking about now? That's This is a perfect example, like on display, of how when, some, when someone is wrong and you are pointing out the fallacy, the illogical consistencies, how they immediately resort to basically attacking mm-hmm. and diverting the conversation away from where it is to make you look like the bad person. I also want to note that her attitude, and I would never do it, but it makes me want to punch her face. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> but her attitude, you can tell you that she- You would never hit a woman? No, I would never. But the attitude she has just shows you what it's, what people are like when they exist inside of this bubble of only people who think like they think all the time. And it's just, um, of course, you're like you idiots asking this stuff, you know, obviously I'm, I'm right and I'm better than you and just, you know, kind of laughing at the off and everything. And of course, know. Hallie was the condescending one. Of course he was. He was. The man. Yeah. Yeah. But it, just this pompous, smart ass punch facery that she is going through, it really drives me nuts. <laughs> it really does. So you're saying you would date her? Well, sure. I mean, I don't really know her personally, but maybe I would get to know her. I don't know. She's probably a great person. I'm not saying she's a bad person. I'm just saying I can't. I no, wouldn't. could you imagine the arguments you would have with her? Oh, my God. Stuff? Yeah. 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 She's no. going to learn today. No. <laughs> All right. Walk next, away. Next thing on the list. I just also love how the left was using that video as like a victory for them. Oh, they, they always the- do that. They do the same thing with like Rand Paul Fauci exactly. videos. Mm-hmm. You know, they do the exact same thing. Now, this is a rando, but man, is it dumb. Well, we're talking about this gun violence right now. Let's just talk about this. I think Amanda sent this one over. I can't remember. But, you know, you're a rando, but when you get up to 3,500, 4,200 retweets total, now you're a... Now you you are a public figure. And so we can say whatever we want. So in this case, Tom Spaulding said this was in response to the guy who stopped the mass shooting. There's still a mass shooting, but the guy who stopped an even worse mass shooting at the Greenwood Mall. This is in response to that whole situation. He says, person with no reason to bring a loaded firearm to a mall food, food court shot by a person with no reason to bring a loaded firearm to a mall food court. Let me say that again without messing up. Person with no reason to bring a loaded firearm to a mall food court shot by a person with no reason to bring a loaded firearm to a mall food court. No reason. No reason to bring that loaded firearm. How about about the fact that the guy, that this crazy guy brought his gun and killed a bunch of people. How about that as a reason? Anyone? Bueller? Someone help me out here. Anyone? Is that a reason? The guy saved who knows how many lives. The person had 100 rounds on him. No reason to bring a loaded firearm to a mall food court. Well, everyone who was there that was saved by that person 
sure does know now that there's a reason to bring a loaded firearm to a mall food court because they would have had to wait at least 80 minutes for the cops to come in there and do anything about it. What a completely ridiculous tweet. I gotta tell you guys, I don't think this is gonna work out, this whole country thing. I don't think it's gonna work. I hope you enjoyed this recap episode. Once again, you can vote on these to get to a dumb leap of the year by going to joingml.com. It's $6 per month. There's a bunch of really fun people in the group. We have tons of different channels uh, pertaining to different subjects. You can post news. We have a dumb bleep channel. We got a meme channel. We got stuff where people just talk about stuff that's off topic. And then, of course, you get to watch for all of our live episodes throughout the week. So that's joingmail.com. That's where you listen. And if you're not going to do that, you might as well make sure you're here for Dumb Bleep of the Year, which is going to be on December 30th. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>